when when Dave and I, you know, because we're Sox fans, we loved. Oh shit! I always forget his name. The guy um, who was the closer in the 07 series. He was actually sort of cute. Why am I forgetting his name? It's not Jonathan Pappelbon. Oh, yes, Pappelbon. Pappelbon. No, it's Pappelbon. Oh, Pappelbon. Uh, God, I'm good. You got it. Yay. Nice. Uh, I got the P, but I couldn't get the rest of it. And we were like, you know, so hard rooting for Pappelbon. We're like, yes, Pap, like, get it. And then you just hear him talk and what he talks about. And you're like, no, just be quiet. <laughs> this guy's a fucking <laughs> idiot. Don't speak. Don't speak. Right. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of dudes that, that Emily talks about. If if only he wouldn't speak. <laughs> I, I, could, I could do what, whatever I wanted. You're like, shh, mm-hmm. baby, shh, be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, the show merrily drifting away from the source material Too Beautiful to Live mothership. I am Mike Frizzell, also known as Drew McFrizz, the jail dude. I am the longest running co-brogan of LRB coming to you from the Deer Blind Studios in the Mountain Room in Manchac, Texas. And my co-host, starting from top to bottom on your podcasting dial, because that's how podcasting dials work, <laughs> from Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, it's Danger... And with a plan, Lundholm. Good morning, Anne. I have a Diet Coke bubble in my throat, and it might come out <laughs> at any moment. Oh, oh goodness. So, good. so That's my danger. Are you up to telling us what's baking over there, if anything? Oh, I'm going to make a white chocolate brownies today. Oh. I'm very down with that. I know. I'm very down with that. I mean, the, the kids nowadays call them blondies because they're not brown. But I don't really like uh-huh. that. I like white chocolate brownies. Oh, sounds so good. Sounds mm. so much better oh, than there the... she is. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds better than the grilled chicken I'm gonna make today. <laughs> Hi from middle-aged momish type studios in a much less congested since the new tollway opened South Austin, Texas. <laughs> is Hillary the H bomb Butler? Good morning, birthday girl. Uh, good morning, guys. I think it's about. Mm, Gosh, it's like less than four months. Woohoo! <sighs> <laughs> Forty-one is a big year. Okay, I got to pull us back to to uh, forty-five talk again. The forty-five tollway. I got to say, uh, we are enjoying the hell out of the escarpment HEB now. Um, we can, uh, it's the best HEB in all of Austin. I will fight anybody. Oh my god! It's, that's mine, Mike. What if we ran into each other there? That's my HEB. I. I know. I knew it would be because you're a classy lady and it's in your neighborhood. So so I knew it would be. And so when 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 I'm in there, I'm like, I could I could run into this is a possibility that was never going to happen at the Kyle H.E.B. No, that's never going to happen. Oh, it's the best H.E.B. It's so good. I like know everybody there. And also the the curbside is excellent there. That's why oh, we haven't done the curbside there. We do it all the time in Kyle. It's excellent. Okay. It's really good. So we're switching <laughs> <laughs> news. You can use. Um, there you go. There you go. Okay. I love HEB. I could wax on about it all for right. a long time. <laughs> You're like, move on. As Hillary. usual, we'll talk about our own business. 
as we already have been, our own very, very uh, specific business, then dive into a half-assed recap of TVTL, but mainly just telling embarrassing stories about ourselves. <laughs> then we'll keep some house, uh, let you know how to get involved, and uh, Anne is usually at the at the business desk because she has a she has a uh, mind for it. Uh, what's going on, Anne? I, I would like to pick one nit with you before we start. The idea that we would do a half-assed recap. Oh, I meant my my part of it okay. will be half-assed. I was going to say we'll address. I never do anything other than full That's ass. True. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. and well, full ass Lundholm. <laughs> true there we go. in more ways than one. <laughs> For someone with no nicknames, as of like six months ago. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, that was that was me. I was on me, and we'll okay. talk about that a little more later. All right. Well, in LRB business, the picnic is coming up. We are just less than a month away now. When your LRB hosts, all of them for the first time, will be in the same location, which and is pretty a wild. Galaxy of stars. <laughs> sure, that's how you want to characterize it. We'll go with it. It's a real constellation. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know the terms. Jeremy, send me an email. Uh, the LRB picnic is Friday, July 26th, 5 p.m., Richmond Beach Park in Shoreline, which is in Washington State. Sorry, Lauren. <laughs> We're not coming to Jacksonville. I know. I'm sorry, Lauren. Next time. Oh. I know. Let's start a GoFundMe and get Lauren to the picnic. That's what I want. Yep. Yes. Um, eat, I mean, she won't eat the Oreos because she hates them, so it's fine. Oreos can be very polarizing. It seems I, I didn't. I, didn't I never know that, knew. But, I thought everybody yeah. loved Oreos, but well, I, my eyes well, are opened. It's it's polarized even even within the debate. I mean, if you like Oreos, what do you like of the Oreos? Like I, the filling, you can you know I want a little bit of it, uh-huh. but I'm mostly about that that cookie. So I like the thins. That dry but other ass cookie. Like, I like the quadruple stuffed. You know that I can barely get my hands around. Oh, uh, hello, like yeah. Ice cream yeah. sandwich. Ding, ding, ding. You know, the more stuff, the better. <laughs> I'm not into the stuffed. <laughs> I mean, I'm into lots of stuff, but not the stuff. It's a very contentious subject. Apparently, we just didn't it really know. Is. Like many things, once you scratch the surface, you find out it's a lot more complicated than you thought. Yeah. So, is anybody going to bring some garbage milk so I can wash down these Oreos? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe somebody can go and stash some milk in a corner at the picnic shelter the day before, and then by the time we get <laughs> weeks, there, it'll be weeks it'll be nice and garbagey. Oh, it's ready for you. Hey, if it smells good, you know, I'm a dipping. Absolutely. Mike's like it's brown. That's fine. That's great. And we're like, oh, Mike, it's not chocolate milk. It's regular milk. Yeah. Don't drink it. So as far as the potluck component, as we've said all along, please bring things that don't have sneaky meat in them, a la, it's vegetarian, but it has chicken broth, so that Christy won't be scared that she's going to get some meat in them accidentally, and, of course, prepare for that Oreo taste test. Yep. Oh, we had a final Friday show. I tried to write like a quick description of it, but I couldn't. <laughs> no, there was no way. When I summarized the topics, we talked about Jeremy's epic road trip. We talked about bad interviews that we have participated in. We talked about oh, albums. Oh, that was hard to listen back to. <laughs> that was a good oh. story, Mike. That was a good story. <laughs> oh, they were all, they were all 
really uncomfortable. Yeah. But I think I was the dumbest. <laughs> Yours was self-inflicted. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we talked about albums that maybe we shouldn't have spent so much time listening to in our youths, or maybe we still stand firmly by them, even in their lameness. Um, <laughs> the mystery butt faxer strikes again. Oh, can we say, can we gender the per- the person at least? Have we done that? I think we have. we're not but, identifying, I guess. But it's, okay. it's more fun if we force you to say <laughs> him or her every time. Uh, yeah yeah he or she really got us this time because yeah. uh he he or she revealed what the what the butt facts was and there was no way if you'd give me a thousand guesses um i wouldn't have come up with what with, with what was what that photograph was yes of. i mean it was butts it's unmistakably butts but butts of the kind yeah i don't think that point was ever in question we right. knew it was we knew they were butts there are butts we could never have imagined. <laughs> no, because ever. the butt the butt faxer should not be faxing anything but butts. You know, like true. Then you'd That's be true. like, just then he's he, sorry, he or she is down to mystery faxer, mm-hmm. just mystery faxer, <laughs> and that's no good. No, I don't think so. All right. So anyway, that is a, a poor attempt to sum up what happened on the Friday show. If you haven't had a chance to listen to it, I encourage you to do so. It was. An hour and a half of enjoyable nonsense. Yes. Which is, I mean, I think probably is a good general description for our show. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Uh, Hillary, yes. you had a startling slash embarrassing realization this week. Yes. Um, and this story is going to completely embarrass me in several ways, but I'm going to tell it because I am nothing but if not honest about my um, really terrible taste in things. Okay, so... I wanted to read some books, um, and I downloaded. Have y'all downloaded downloaded the Libby app? It's really good. And you, uh-uh. so what it is, I was paying for so many books or audiobooks also. So you, what it is, is you connect it to your library card, and it'll like check out books for you digitally wow. and for like Audible and stuff. So which is really cool because Audible's expensive, and so is like buying Kindles all you know Kindle books all the time. So I downloaded it and I was very excited and I kind of was like at at random picking books. Like there's a couple that I want that are, you know, bestsellers that it's going to take and it'll give you an estimate. You can't, I mean, if it's checked out of your library, then it'll take, you know, a certain number of weeks. Anyway, so I wanted to get, I think it's called Normal People, the Sally Rooney book. And that's like two months out. Like I'm not, I'm not going to get it for a long time. And then I'm looking at like books that I've read and kind of recommendations based on those books. And then, you know, I'm just going to admit it. I like a cheesy romance novel every once in a while. I, it's fine. It, you nothing know, wrong. I, nothing wrong with it. It's, you know, it's. I don't think I know any any women. There are no women in my life that aren't enjoying at least some kind of romance. It's novels, kind of lady so. porn. You know, it's like what you can read. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're yeah. like, whoa, because I'm like, if somebody was yeah. reading over my shoulder or and or listening, I that would be it's so horrifying. Anyway. So, I mean, maybe the men in our life are just so disappointing that this is what we're forced to resort to. <laughs> hey, I I walk in in and out of rooms all the time when stuff is going on on that on that little player. Ooh, Ooh I know. See me. <laughs> it is. So I I 
there was some book that I just stumbled upon and it said, you know, do you want to check this one out? So I checked it out, but it was actually checked out. And then all of a sudden, uh, like a week later, it came up and said, oh, it's available. And so I downloaded it and it was a Kindle. So I actually had to read it. So I'm reading through it and it's, it's a little young for me because they're like in college, but I was like, well, it's fine. And the first third of it was good, except it's very in that... Fifty Shades of Grey, where they're like fighting too much, where you're like, this is like borderline abusive. You need to just like get out of the situation. Like I would tell this girl to like get out of the situation because no matter how good the sex is, like he's not a good person. So you need to leave. I on Friday when I was kind of like, oh, I kind of want to read this. So I went on my normal Friday walk, but it was really hot and steamy. So I went to the library and I they have at the library in Austin in downtown. They have like a rooftop deck almost. So I was like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to go read my book up here and it'll be really nice. So I'm reading the book going and you know, I'm reading really fast, like getting through it kind of entertained, but then it starts to get stupid. So anyway, done with that, go back to work. And then that night I went out with my sister was in town with my nieces and my, um, my brother-in-law and I'm talking to my niece who's 19. And I said, I was showing her some picture that I took from the roof of the library. And I said, Oh, I went to the library. Like, look how pretty this view is. She said, what were you reading? And I'm like, Oh my God, it's so embarrassing. It's such a dumb book. It's so dumb. And I said, it's called after. And she was like, Oh my God, that's Harry Styles fanfic. And I was like, (laughs) what? I couldn't breathe. I was laughing so hard. I was dying. I cannot believe I somehow started reading a One Direction fan book that somehow it got published into like an actual book and they changed names and stuff. Like the guy's name is Harden, not Harry. But I want to die I am like firmly not a fanfic person and I always make fun of people and I'm now reading tween fanfic although my niece was like I read that when I was 14 years old (laughs) oh whoa but let me tell you I was like Catherine you read this when you were 14 she was like yeah it was a little like I mean I think it's akin to me reading BC Andrews when I was 14 years old you know it's Mm -hmm. like very sexy and well, this has no incest in it, but um, anyway, so yeah. How else are you going to learn learn words like turgid? <laughs> there are, it was funny because I was reading it and I'm like, she uses some words that are like, you know, most, there's a language of romance novels that they use that, you know, just so they're not repeating everything. Yeah, like turgid or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that's more yeah. kind of old school. But this one, it was like my part or whatever. <laughs> like they kind of got referring to things oh, in a way that like a yeah. like a younger person would refer to them. Anyway, so now I'm firmly reading fanfic. I'm almost done. It's not like the first half was good, and apparently they're making it into a movie, which is insane. And apparently it was really popular. It just was not on my radar because I'm not really a One Direction fan. But yeah, I'm reading Harry Styles fanfic. I I do think he's cute, but I never thought about him in that way. So that, that's can I it. can I ask one clarifying question? <laughs> sure. You sure, said sure. they they changed his name from Harry <laughs> to Harden to Hard On. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Apparently, yes. All right. Uh, yeah. So that's that's what I'm reading. If anybody's read it, can we please discuss it? I need. I I don't know. But I'm so embarrassed. I think Harry Hardon is like a. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's from Pump Up the Volume. It's a pejorative. Yeah. 
Right, right. I knew I'd heard it somewhere in culture. Oh, but the other also embarrassing thing, and I don't know why they're connected, but Dave, I told Dave about it. I was like, oh, my God. And he said, is it that book after? And I'm like, how do you know about this? And he said, well, sometimes reason it synced to my Kindle. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is my porn, not yours. Uh, maybe he'll pick up some tips about his part, what to do with his part. Oh, anyway. <laughs> Where to put his part, you know. Oh, Hillary, this sounds like How a do much... do part. This sounds like a much more fun book club than any of the other book clubs. Oh, yeah. It's oh, yeah. It's so true. Like, oh, we read The Goldfinch. Like, I don't want to talk about this. Oscar Wow is some bullshit compared to some Harry Hardon <laughs> fanfic. Uh, anyway. That's delightful. Yes. I'm a tween. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, we, we knew that you were a tween. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But I have some level of like, I don't, One Direction is for whatever reason. I'm like, I have my boy band. NSYNC is my boy band, so mm-hmm. I don't need like another boy band. They're the voice of the new generation. Yeah. You know? And they're not even together they're, they're... anymore, but yes. Unlike NSYNC, who is still going strong. <laughs> well, wherever there's a state fair, there will be a, a boy band from the 80s or 90s. Yes. Very true. Yep. Uh, Mike, you also had a startling slash embarrassing realization. Does this involve lady porn? Um, not this time. I was uh, I was looking at the notes this morning. Anne keeps great notes and and you know organizes everything for us so that when 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 I show up uh, just cold here on a Sunday morning, I can get the week summarized and and organize my thoughts and you know, take whatever categories. And I realized as I was looking at a couple of the things that she had there that, um, well, let's go back. I, I am now <laughs> listening to, <laughs> that's exactly what I was saying. <laughs> I, I have now graduated to listening to the show while I work mm-hmm. instead of, um, while I, I, I watched sports with the sound down or, you know, something where I'm a little bit more engaged with, with TBTL. So my level of engagement is falling even more rapidly than it was before. But at least my standard was that I would actually listen to the show that I was going to recap. But I, I realized when I was looking at the notes, Friday, no, didn't didn't go there, didn't listen, don't know what any of this is talking about. Uh, just didn't. So, you know, I, I confess uh, that the reason my recap is more half-assed than usual this week is because I missed an entire three hours of show, which I assume Friday, you know, every every Friday show seems to be about three hours. So Okay, so you're not saying that you had it playing and then just completely zoned out. You're saying that you just no, no, forgot no, no. to hit play. Yeah, and, and I got a couple, like, in, in our channel... Um, you know, y'all were saying, I think I think Hillary talked about Jim Jarmusch, which I probably would have, that would have triggered me to go listen to the show had I been a Jim Jarmusch fan, which I'm not. I've never seen any of his movies. So I was like, I bet that's interesting, but I, it doesn't apply to me. So it didn't occur to me, you know, because sometimes something will happen in the chat and be, oh yeah, I should be listening to the show. Let me just turn it on while I'm working. But there was nothing in Friday's like asides going on that that made me trigger it to put on because that's usually what triggers it every afternoon i'm working i'm a little bit bored and and one of you will say something like well you know luke's mic got cut off or whatever (laughs) oh yeah that sounds funny i'm gonna go listen to that 
and I'll turn it on. But nothing about Friday made me turn it on. And, and then I it just slipped through the cracks and I probably, you know, listened to a bunch of much more engaging podcasts <laughs> over the weekend and uh, just didn't do it. And I'm, I'm sorry. It feels disrespectful to LRB. It feels disrespectful to y'all. I know Christy does it all the time, but that's just her. You know, she just, you know, she recaps without listening, but that's her point of pride. Um, Mike, I think the Jim Jarmusch talk was Tuesday. So. What? Okay, maybe I didn't listen to Tuesday. Was that when the Win Rosenfeld call was? No, no, was... Win was Friday. Yeah. Okay, maybe I didn't listen to Tuesday or Friday. No, no, I listened to Jim Jarmusch. That, that was it. Yeah, yeah, I did listen to that. Okay. But I, I'm using that as an example right, of right, a right. comment that doesn't make me leap over to the show. Uh-huh. When sure. usually one of you will say something that will make me leap over to the show. <laughs> and there was nothing on Friday. Did you all talk about Win in the chat on Friday? Well, yes. I think yeah. his preview, I said, I don't think that Win is a current listener of TBTL or like. Oh, I. Okay. Okay. I just didn't know that that was referring to. I thought maybe, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking, but it didn't make me jump, and I didn't go listen, and I'm really sorry. I didn't hear the win, the win Rosenfeld thing. Well, we hate you, and you're off the show. Goodbye. <laughs> well, I like hate Win Rosenfeld because he, he, he produced that movie. He's produced both those movies, those monkey paw movies that scared the living fuck out of me. <laughs> fuck that guy. I, you got to be like me. Know your limits. Don't see that stuff if it's yeah. scary. <sighs> Read the yeah. Wikipedia entry. That's what I do for all horror movies that I have a vague interest in. Uh -huh. Like Hereditary <laughs> last year, everybody was like, oh, Tony Collette is so good. And I'm like, you know what? I will absolutely not see that movie, but I will happily read the Wikipedia entry. And it was scary. And I got the gist and I didn't have to see it. If you're scared reading a Wikipedia entry, yeah, it's probably a good idea to stay away from the film altogether. Before I saw Get Out, I because I wanted to see, I don't see scary movies, but I really yeah. did want to see Get Out because it's you know it was it was important and it was really good. I'm glad I saw yeah. it, but I had to. The thing is, I don't get like blood and gore doesn't really doesn't freak me out that much, but jump scares make me like mad. So even the mm -hmm. shittiest like bottom of the basement, you know, crappy. Uh, horror movies will scare me because I don't like to be scared. Mm -hmm. I don't like to be startled. Anyway, so I, there was an article when Get Out came out that said these are the four places that like you need to be aware of if you don't if you want to <laughs> see it. It was like made for me. It was like if you want to see it but don't want to be like can That's be like interesting. prepared. Yeah. So because you like it's like it's like uh, putting it on an easy setting. Yes. You know, disabling. Yes. yes. Some sort, you know. Yes. Like, okay. I know this gardener's going to be running at yes, me. Yes, exactly. And he ain't going to yeah. get me. I know the deer is going to jump out like when they're driving at some point. <laughs> right. So I do this thing where I like Dave, when Dave and I first started dating, he was like, what are you doing? I put my thumbs like in my ears and then I cover my eyes and that's like my coping mechanism <laughs> for that. And then I kind of like will peek through. But I, yeah, I, I even got startled in Toy Story 4. I was like, ah. <laughs> but but it was fine. I can't handle mm. any of it. When I was five, I saw the trailer for Gremlins on TV, oh, and my mom oh. had to sleep in my room for a week. <laughs> oh, baby. My brother still teases me because we went to, because we had these passes when I was a kid. You know, you, they'd give you passes if you got good grades or something, and you could go to the cheap movies on the weekend. And there was a Don Knotts movie called The Ghost and Mr. Chicken. And uh, <laughs> I've heard of it. And you know it was a it was a comedy, a, it was a horror comedy or whatever. <laughs> Unlike but, those Don Knotts dramas, 
<laughs> and uh, scared the living crap out of me. And my brother still teases me. And I and I'm I, I stand by it. I was like six, and the the eyes on the paintings are moving. Ugh. Fuck this! Scary. I'm out of here. Yeah. Scary. I saw Poltergeist way too young. Like I was, it somehow was rented from the local, you know, video place, and my brothers and sisters were watching it. And I remember my sister saying, "Close your eyes," and I opened him, and it was the part where he was like taking his skin off, and then it would like come back on, and I was like, "No!" So yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like it. <sighs> well, <laughs> now that we've established ourselves as wusses, <laughs> yep. Um, Mike, I forgive you for not listening to Friday. Yes. Yeah. Although, you. I, appreciate it. I mean, you missed a very long part that I did not include in the notes about how Luke had to try to make political jokes about the second debate before the second debate aired. <laughs> oh. It was, it was extremely uninteresting. So. Yeah. And he was mad because he's not as quick as, uh, as Faith, Faith Saley. Saley. Yeah. Yeah, we got some jealousy going on there. Yeah, with Faith. No, oh, well, I'll definitely listen. <laughs> I like Wait Wait. I listen to Wait Wait every morning, every Sunday before we do the show, just to like put me in a more jovial mood oh. and a more engaged mood. That's kind of my Sunday morning go-to. It's oh, a good routine. Well, with business taken care of, shall we go to the week in review? Sure, sure. Okay, I'm gonna start off with Sky Jinx. Woo! They talk. A couple of there's a couple different um, skyjing stories. The first one is about this flight that had to turn around, um, like mid. It was in Europe, and they had to turn around midway there. It actually didn't seem like it was that far of a trip, but the guys were like, "Oh my god, can you imagine? That's awful." Which that is actually like one of my personal nightmares. I hate backtracking, so I I do understand. But I I follow this woman named Jessica Luther, who's sort of a sports reporter, and she was going to France um, for the French Open, and they got halfway over the Atlantic, and they had to turn around and go back to Atlanta. And I think I would lose my mind. I mean, they just lost a day, but I don't. I think I would like start cry. I would start crying for sure. I know I would start crying, but um, that just it sounds awful. But the thing that it seems nice is in Europe, they'll like pay for your hotel and, you know, figure out all the things that you need to survive or live in this. And they don't really do that in America. I think they'll maybe put you up in a hotel, but they're not going to try. They won't even give you toothpaste. No, they're not going to try real hard for you. I mean, (laughs) well, I don't know because this, this story was clearly an airline error. Yes. In that somebody forgot paperwork. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who has to bring physical paperwork? these days i don't know how that works but you know it's not like it was a a weather thing that they couldn't control so they're like well sorry we're not responsible for acts of god this was an actual mistake so i think that's right that Mm -hmm. they should pay for that absolutely absolutely i mean yeah that sounds this one I, i the one that i was sort of following i think that they like there was something wrong with the flight it wasn't anything bad like they weren't gonna die or anything it was just there was something that wasn't communicating correctly so they had mm-hmm. to turn around and i i think that they did put them up but they they first flew to boston and then they had to fly back down to atlanta and i'm like oh i just i couldn't i couldn't deal with that that does sound pretty horrifying well that seems crazy yeah because that, if you get to the halfway point and they're like oh there's something wrong you might as well i know just keep going go on to the destination it's exactly the same distance as it is to go back i know it seems insane to me i don't i don't understand it oh side note to this 
I this is a recommendation corner really quickly. There's an Atlantic article that came out like two weeks ago about that Malaysian flight. Everybody should read it. It's really good. I recommend it. It's very long, but I was very intrigued by it. Um, and it talks about. Can like, you link it? Yes, I will. It's for us? yes. There's a lot of like. It talks about mechanics and kind of how the correspondence works, or you know, between airlines and stuff. But it was. It's very interesting. And it, the guy sort of at the end is basically says, this is what happened. I mean, he doesn't know for sure that this is what happened, but he's he's pretty sure that. And he's a guy that I think he, I don't his beat apparently is like plane disasters or space disasters, which seems like a very depressing, um, you know, subject to write about all the time. But uh, but he's really good about writing it and explaining things in a way that somebody who does not know a lot about air and space can understand so anyway i will link that it's really good okay the second sky jinx story of the week is a woman fell asleep on a plane and woke up locked away in the plane and now she's traumatized um <laughs> I, I kind of was with andrew a little bit on this one i mean because luke was like oh this is horrible and it it would be sort of scary but knowing that i knew somebody was gonna come i feel like i would be yes kind of okay with it like it would what would scare me the most is that my phone would die that would kind of scare me because you're like oh shit because it's boring as fuck exactly but i don't know i feel like but there are magazines you know (laughs) you got got blankets maybe there's some snacks i i i do get scared when i think uh you know that nobody can reach out to me and i'm just kind of alone on this island that nobody's going to be able to find me but at some point somebody's going to go into the plane they just are yes uh, so I, I, I this plane this planes are going to be in the air tomorrow. I won't be on it because I'll have gotten off and called my lawyer by then. But um, <laughs> there's a future for this plane. They didn't retire the plane no. as soon as we landed. I mean, she probably does have like a suit in that they're supposed to get sure. everybody off the plane too. Like they, yeah, they give her some money. Yeah. But Jesus, I mean the trauma of yeah. it. I'm like, come on. What did you think, Anne? Would you be scared? <sighs> Do the toilets still work? <laughs> yeah, toilets. Yeah, you have a bathroom, right? And then why don't you just pop the emergency exit, even though you haven't been trained or or you haven't given your oral um, consent that that you could do it, and just slide down, just do the... Do the exactly. She managed there. to get the door off, she, and there has to be an inflatable slide, right? They all have inflatable slides. I don't don't wear your heels. Don't ones. wear your heels on them. You can't wear your heels on them. That's the thing that always like makes me laugh on the. On That's the a deal thing. breaker. I'm not taking my heels off. I want to roll down it. <laughs> oh wait, let me let me open my working girl uh, briefcase and get my running shoes out, and then so. Uh, I mean, I'm confident that I could problem solve my way out yes. of this. Yes, and I think yeah. if you wake up and you're in a dark plane. You know what happened because you're in the plane. If I woke up and I was like in an empty warehouse somewhere on the else, floor, I'd be right. freaked out. Right. right. In a bathtub full of ice. Yeah. Like, what the fuck happened here? No, I fell asleep on the plane and they, they for some reason, didn't wake me up. Okay. Well. And I think Andrew, I mean, not to besmirch this lady, but I think Andrew's right that she probably was on Ambien or something more yes. because mm-hmm. there's no way that you, I mean, you can't just be in a natural sleep and be like... <sighs> Well, there is a, another thing. It's a very remote possibility, kind of like um, uh, the tapeworm in the brain from last week or whatever that one was. <laughs> it's the same lady. Um, 
when Emily was flying back from North Carolina, oh, yeah. when uh, when she had her her first brain episode, she didn't know what was going on, and she was very hard to to wake up. Oh, really? Very hard to wake up and get off that plane. All right. So well, beyond a medical yeah issue, yeah, beyond a, a, a nearly fatal brain tumor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Besides that. Yeah. <laughs> Probably Ambien. Yeah, that's the <laughs> Occam's razor of. It's of, uh, it's an Ambien plus. She had like two glasses of wine. That's my that's yeah. my uh, diet. My medical white lady, yes. white wine, <laughs> yeah. Ambien. Match made in heaven. Yeah, I don't yeah. think that I would do that if I was flying alone. You know, Jen always talked about yeah, that, how, how she would have a glass of wine in an Ambien and tell Jason that she loved him and then <laughs> conk out for the flight. But I wouldn't do yeah. that by myself, for sure. Not Because you got shit to do when you get off the plane. You yeah. got you to gotta, you gotta have your stuff together. How am I getting out of here? Where am I going? Where am I checking in? What's, you know, where's my luggage? What All this shit. I mean, unless you have a babysitter, yeah, you can't do that. I'm going on a long plane ride next week. I don't think I'll take an Ambien, but I'm definitely going to do a melatonin and a couple glasses of wine, and I'll tell you all mm-hmm. how it turns out. But I have my sisters and my well, mom Melatonin just helps you get to sleep. Yeah. It doesn't keep you from waking yeah. up. You know? I'm down. I'm stoked. Goodbye, Earth. <laughs> um, I have this, uh, the throw your phone. I think this was for the... Sp- the plane story? Yeah, I think you're right. And he just talks about the uh, SOS is the only thing I remember about Morse code. Three short beeps or flashes, three long ones, three short ones. Seems like it would be handy to know if you happen to, you know, crash your boat. <laughs> yes. And that's from Colian. Did you mention yes. that? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Anyway, that was Colian. Um, how, how, do you, how do you communicate Morse code when you're hanging off a dock? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Doing the splits. You just fart? I mean, I mean, what what happens? How do you do it? I did have a mild throw your phone moment when they were talking about Morse code and they were puzzling over exactly what Morse code was. And Andrew's like, SOS, that's just like shorts and longs, right? And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the entirety of Morse code. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's Come it. on, guys. Well, let's go to some self-actualization chronicles. Uh, I forget what day this was, but... They start worrying about, I guess, the industry that they're in. This was quite self-reflective about being in in radio and podcasting and, you know, the reason that Luke takes all the gigs that he does, that he overbooks himself, is that he's terrified that at some point people will be like, yeah, we don't need to hear from Burbank anymore, and that he'll be out of a job, and what would he do then? So this is some sort of existential angst about... What happens if they're not going to be able to support themselves in their old age? And my reaction was, welcome to the fucking club. Seriously. It's so scary. And I talked to friends who are not even that much older than me, but sort of mid-Gen X-y, maybe Mike's age or thereabouts. And they're like, social security, man. It'll be fine. And I'm like... I have no expectation that there will be any kind of social safety net for me. And I, I think not. Hillary, for people right around our age group, yeah. everybody that I have talked to is like, I don't know, man. I don't think there's going to be anything there for me. And just people who are slightly older are like, yeah, it'd be fine. No, I think that there's not going to be any social security left. And the only thing I have ever agreed with Rick Perry on, the only thing, 
is when he was running for president and he said that Social Security was a Ponzi scheme. I was like, it is a Ponzi scheme. Um, <laughs> and that was the smartest thing that he ever said. One time I told my mom, I was kind of ranting about Social Security. And she said, well, I'll take yours. And I, Oh, because I said, I wish instead of putting into this fund that I'm never going to see, I wish I could put into a healthcare account or, you know, it would go to something that I could use currently. And she said, well, I'll take your social security. And I said, you already are. Um, <laughs> Cause I'm an awesome daughter. I'm very sweet. Um, yep. But yeah, no, I don't, I don't, it is really stressful. I mean, I think that I don't have any expectation of retiring. I don't like that is nope. not in my, my plan as of right now. I mean, it really would have to take a lottery win. Or as I said, in my 2019 year, goals of becoming famous not infamous famous and then which I could like become an influencer or something and make a lot of money but uh, otherwise I think I'm gonna make the you know a little bit more each year so, but enough to like support me maybe but not like into old age do you feel like the free college thing will bail you all out a little bit <laughs> what I think about college, or a lot of bit no what I think about college for my children at least is that um it's either going to be so expensive that I like would never send them because it's not like a wise money move or it's going to be free. Mm-hmm. Those are like the only two options because where I went to college, it was a private school. It was 25 a year to go in 1997 to 2001. Now that's expensive, but it was not as, I mean that it was definitely less than other places. It is now like 50. And I know that mm-hmm. I'm not young, but it has not been, that long, you know, it shouldn't have right. doubled. It, in it's gone costs. from from doable to come on now. This is insane. Mm-hmm. You know? um, so I don't have any expectation. My kids are going to have to make good grades and get into UT or A and M or or North Texas mm-hmm. or whatever. They need to be able to go to schools that because it's not. It's going to not be worth it. It's not going to be smart debt anymore. It's going to be stupid debt that you're going to be paying off for the rest of your life and being forced to take jobs that you don't want because you have to pay for um, your you know liberal arts degree. And mm-hmm. and even non fancy schools are. I have a a friend whose daughter probably five years ago was starting out at the University of Minnesota in Duluth, so not even the main campus, but mm-hmm. you know where we're all going to live once <laughs> yes. the world starts to fry. Oh right, right. and he no, was telling me her tuition was twenty thousand dollars a year, and I was like, in Duluth? <laughs> that can't be right. I that actually is- went. To the website and looked it up. It was like nineteen grand a year to go to an in-state public college. That's yep. wild. That's wild. It's it's crazy. So yeah, I mean, shit. I, you know, Dave and I save a little bit. It's it doesn't ever feel like it's enough, and that it's just it's insane. So yeah, I I, I see where the worry is with with these guys, especially doing something that is kind of tenuous a little mm-hmm. bit. Now I actually think Luke probably is smart because he's you know, spreading the wealth a little bit as far as his talents go. So I think he's a little bit on the up and up, but I guess at any time it could be like, Oh, you know, you're not a desired quantity anymore. Andrew actually makes me a little bit nervous just himself. Cause I'm like, you're putting all of your eggs in this basket and just who knows what's going to happen though. Conversely, I think that probably if I were to look at their bank statements or their, you know, their overall financial health, Andrew and Genevieve are probably doing a whole lot better than Luke and Luke and Carrie. I don't know why. I just, I feel like Genevieve and Andrew are both kind of smart about how they spend their money and they're going to see like a financial guy and, you know, they're 
pretty conservative, whereas I think Luke probably makes more money, but he is a spendthrift, uh, to say the least, even though he thinks he's not. He is. Um, <laughs> and and their gigs are a little bit more gigish. You know, it seems like they're just doing these contract one-off things, whereas I think that Genevieve probably gets paid pretty well at her job mm-hmm. since they, I, they wanted her to come up there, I think. So I, I don't know. You know me. I just, I want to see every bit of information. So I would desire to see their bank statements. <laughs> That's what I want to know. You can probably get Genevieve's information. Cause Oh she's yeah. A public uh, I love when people work for public things. I get so excited. I'm like, <laughs> you know, there's like, a, there's a gif of, of Tom Hanks, like blowing on his fingers and then typing from, um, you've got mail. And that is, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> oh Yes. No, I think you're exactly right about Luke. I think he does probably make good money, but he's been he's been pretty open that he's not good with money. Yes. He tries to say that he doesn't buy stuff except for oh, boats. Oh, oh, yeah, but oh, Chico, right? But I think he has historically spent a lot. I mean, just on alcohol alone. Yes, he's spent plenty of of money, and he, and I mean, he has the credit score to show for it. God, oh. <laughs> so. Uh, I would think he maybe is a little behind the eight ball, sort of given his status. Yes. Yeah, I agree. But it's smart of him to be thinking about it. No, it is. And it is a depressing thing to think about, but it's it's true. <laughs> it's reality. Yep. Uh, let's go on to Andrew's self-actualization episode this week. He is stressing about this gig that they are doing at comic-con not tbtl but it's a combination uh after these messages northwest nerd live show at this local whatever comic-con thing and he's freaking out because he can't control every single detail we got to throw your phone from justina on this one she says simultaneously throwing and hugging my phone at Andrew's talk about the ATM Comic-Con show. Throwing because, well, the usual. Hugging (laughs) because Andrew does seem to be more aware of his behavior that leads to unthought-out shows. So, growth? (laughs) And I I think Justina is right, and Andrew is starting to realize this, that his nervousness translates to him fixating on the technical details Mm -hmm. and not on the show content. And if it was just Andrew, I'd be more worried, but there is zero possibility that Genevieve is going to go into that situation without having a plan for what they're doing. Yeah. So I think that, I think that they'll be okay, but he is sort of burying himself in the, the details of the minis to minis and all of that stuff so that he can avoid I think thinking about the bigger picture on that. I I find myself when I get really stressed about something maybe that I can't control or just I'm anxious about it. I do get in this sort of repeat cycle of stressing about one thing like just and I can't and then I have to like sit down and think why am I stressed out about this? Like what is the you know trying to do coping mechanisms of it but I, I got it where he's like he can't get over that hump in order to focus on other stuff. And it's, it's so frustrating when your mind does that you just are fixating on something that's probably not even ever going to come to fruition, or even if it does, it's not a big deal. My advice to Andrew is to uh, just let go and let God by, you know, he, he has Nick 
who worked for Cairo, for God's mm-hmm. sake. Yeah. Um, Andrew, just be the talent. Tell Nick, Nick, you need to set all this stuff up. I'm going to show up five minutes before, punch in and say something witty and, and then get the fuck out later. You know, yep. it was it was these guys are happy to be there. The Northwest nerds. Let them do something. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. It's not all you. Genevieve doesn't understand any of that stuff. She, she's like me. She she doesn't do the technical stuff. So she's not going to be any help at all there. But Nick and whatever the guy with the fake name. Um, <laughs> Dyer. Yeah. Uh, Dyer Cliff Rockerson or whatever his name is. That's, I mean, come on now. This is made up as Luke Burbank. But get them to do it. You know, Jesus Christ, they're nerds. It's in the name. If If the nerds can't pull off the technical part of a, of a podcast they need to walk off the stage and have people yell shame 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 at them and they do tons of live shows at comic-con type places yes yes this is their wheelhouse trust them jesus i it had the double-edged sword of of being um boring and frustrating (laughs) to listen to all the complaining because i i listened after these messages too and there was more than two episodes worth of Oh my goodness! Angst over this bullshit. Oof. Well, and also it's a confirmation that Luke doesn't listen to TBTL when he's on it, because if he'd listened to last week's show or whatever day that was, when Genevieve and Nick and Dyer were on and they talked about it for an hour and a half, then maybe Luke wouldn't have been like, "Hey, so let's talk about this show that you've got coming up." And I was like, "No." Yeah, it's been talked about. We yeah. got it. We got it. Yep. All right. Uh, speaking of things that Andrew is freaking the fuck out about, here's one that he really should be <gasps> and, <Yes>. and did. <gasps> a family of rats has invaded uh, Genevieve's bird feeder. I really enjoyed the the play by play of of the. Uh, I I love this whole rat story. You know, mm-hmm. as dusk approaches and the rats are emboldened and they start coming out and eating all the the bird food. You know, I just going through all the things that we've been going through, all the critters. And and awful things around our house. It was nice to hear someone else have a have and what I feel is an even worse problem. I was very much getting the vibe of like the secret of Nim, but not the nice rats, the evil rats that have like red eyes and like came out of the darkness and attacked everybody. Mm-hmm. They're coming for you, Andrew. Well, he talked about uh, Genevieve immediately ordering up some super toxic poison and then eventually i think later in the week would uh would regret that decision and just, they would decide to not poison the rats i think they were gonna like spray some they're doing some holistic bullshit to they're gonna pepper to... the rats yeah. chili yeah. pepper the rats, pepper the rats. No. yeah no because when when rats when rats lay their rat heads down to sleep they they have nightmares about about uh um, slightly <laughs> spicy chipotle. Suet. No, not the burritos. <laughs> oh no! I don't. I'm in favor of 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 shooting the rats. That's my thing. That, if I were ever going to buy a gun, that would be the day. If I had rats in my bird. Have feeding. you ever seen Steel Magnolias? Yes. You're like the dad uh, in that. Oh, what's his name? You He's say from yes Seattle. For me. <laughs> Tom Scarrett. Oh, Tom Scarrett. Yeah. No, I, I have famously done a, a a star turn in Steel Magnolias, but I've yet to see <laughs> the entire film. 
Well, it's excellent, and he's basically shooting at birds the whole time, and that is you <laughs> shooting at the <laughs> shooting at the rats. I um, hate guns. Guns are my issue. <laughs> ah, blah, blah, blah. There's rats in the backyard. I'm going to the gun store. <laughs> Why can't I get my gun now? <laughs> Three days. I have rats now. I think that Genevieve should have stuck to hummingbird feeders. Once she introduced mm. seeds and suet and so forth, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. was asking for trouble. Yeah, she opened up a whole like golden corral of <laughs> yep. chow down back there. Yeah, hummingbirds are awesome. You don't need to feed any other birds. They'll figure it out. Hummingbirds are great. Emily's talking about a bird bath, but um, we're afraid of the standing water being a yeah. mosquito. Thing, yeah. So. Oh, yeah, you don't need to do that. I, I have no attraction to birds Me whatsoever. Me I don't. Either understand it it's very weird i was kind of waiting for it to happen to me because i remember distinctly my mom never gave a shit about birds and then she turned 40 and all of a sudden she had like bird books and her little field glasses and she was buying like garbage cans full of bird feed and putting up feeders and i was like what is this so i Mm -hmm. thought maybe it was an age thing but no so far i have escaped it thank god like when I see a cardinal or a blue jay out my window, I'm like, oh, that's pretty. Mm-hmm. And then I move yeah. on. Right. <laughs> right. You don't need any more bird uh, bird stimulation on that. Um, but, <laughs> and do you think, um, did, were you thinking it was like how your vision just kind of, most people's vision just kind of goes bad in their 40s? Like women just start drinking white wine and, and looking at <laughs> birds? I mean, is that? Yeah, I kind of thought. But it's just not happening for you. (laughs) All of a sudden, you're just like, "Oh, birds! They're interesting." You're bucking the trend. (laughs) I'm with you, Anne. I'm with you. I'm. There's no way. Absolutely not. Hey, a bird. Yeah. How about that? Ugh. Grackle. Cool. Get out of (laughs) here. Oh, Emily hates grackles. If she put up, if if she put up a a bird bath and the grackles came, that's what would happen. um, She. She would borrow my gun. (laughs) Well, let's go to some news you can use. There was a story that has been floating around reputable websites all week about how (laughs) kids are growing horns from using their cell phones too much. Their posture or something. And it's... It was so stupid on the face of it that I haven't even read any of them because I'm like, I refuse. I refuse yeah. to get drawn into this clickbait. Kids are not growing horns. No. I mean, where's the horn? Where's, on their where's necks? The horn? Like on the back of on their... The... No, I, remember I said I didn't read the article because I refuse. <laughs> yeah. But when you get okay. further into the article, as Luke and Andrew pointed out, it's not exactly a horn it's more like a node and they can't prove that it's from screen time so it's actually a big fat nothing burger which we knew right and they pretty i thought smartly pointed out that it's really misleading to use the term horn anyway yes Mm -hmm. because that's a very specific thing our horns and it comes out of your body right a horn and specifically your head, Come right? You don't have horns coming from your elbow or anything. That's something different. <laughs> I have a big wart that I'm that's real angry, but no, it's not a horn. <laughs> so I don't know. This was just something to get people riled up about technology. I definitely think that at some point, you know, 
I can tell my neck hurts because I'm looking down at my phone or whatever. You know, it's there's going to be something physiological that happens. Not like a horn, but just so that, you know, our posture is changing or whatever. But one, it's going to not be today. It's going to be a longer, you know, you need a few more years to kind of test the test what's going right. to happen. Smartphones yeah. have only been around for 10 years. Exactly. I, d- I doubt we're seeing evolutionary changes yet. No, it's so, it's so silly. And it's such a, like... People and they'll be gone. Yeah. yeah. You know, the, we won't be using these in 20 years. It'll be something else. So, you know, we'll be growing a horn out of our thigh because our thighs are running our lives. And who knows? <laughs> Fuck. It's, we aren't going to be doing this forever. We weren't doing it 20, 30 years ago. We won't be doing it forever. We'll have those stupid glasses on or whatever. And our our, our irises will, will rule the world. Right. Know? Yep. That's, that is clickbait, Anne. I, what, the first time I heard it, I was like, what the, yeah. the fuck? No. I want to know where they think the horn's coming out, but I don't want to know badly enough to, to give <laughs> exactly. anyone a click. I'm not I giving you them to that tell victory. Me. No. <laughs> right? Absolutely not. Uh, the second story in this category was about this high school principal. Oh, I forgot to look up where it was from. I want to say New Jersey, but I don't remember. <laughs> but this high school principal. Next town over from the last guy. <laughs> Uh, he was giving a commencement speech, graduation speech, and he word for word plagiarized uh, it is. a speech that Ashton Kutcher gave at the Teen Choice Awards. <laughs> it was so dumb. And I was Andrew. Oh, it's from West Virginia, um, by the way. But um, I was like Andrew when they were playing the Kimmel thing where it was doing it side by side. I I was dying. I almost had to turn it off because I, I couldn't listen. Anymore. It was so bad. Well, it was worse than than plagiarism. He was trying to do a note for note performance as well. Yeah. Like he had the same he would he didn't even make the material his own <laughs> via acting or inflection. Yeah. He was m- mimicking the speech. And it, to me, it was like he thought. Did he think he was the the kid who knew all the Beatles songs, like right. the, the this new Danny Boyle movie? Oh, you know, yeah, no, yeah. like all culture has been erased. Like anything Ashton <laughs> Kutcher said is gone uh, off the internet now, and you can you you can just steal whatever brilliance he he had ever brought to the world. I have a question. First of all, why is this? Seems like a very long and kind of self involved and boring speech for the. Teen Choice Awards. Why was he making the speech there? It's too. <laughs> Usually they're like, "Thanks for the surfboard, bye," or whatever the yeah. like. Is. Yeah. Best but- <laughs> on-screen kiss. Uh, thank you so much. It was great. Oh, it was so bad. Like you don't have. Oh, I don't know. It was awful. It was hysterical. I mean, I think the thing that we learned from this is that principaling is not that hard. No, if this really Joker not. can do it. Oh. And yeah, just just see someone who's doing good principling and do it exactly the way they do it. Uh, and the and the thing that I hate, and Dave and I fight about this sometimes. Like when I say, like you did this, and I'm upset or whatever, and he'll, well, he's not quite as bad as this guy, but he'll sort of dig his feet in and be like, well, no, I didn't do it like that. Like you're wrong. Your exact accusation is incorrect because of whatever else. Like something else, and I love that this guy's like, "Well, I changed one word, like, <laughs> like that makes it." Yeah, okay. I made it my own. Really put mm-hmm. my stamp on it. I didn't say be sexy. I said be intriguing. 
and I waved and said thank you with my with my right hand and not my left at the end of the speech. So it was really, really a signature move on my part. Oh my god, that is super frustrating, though, Hillary. When you're upset about something and the other person tries to get out of it on a technicality. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was thinking about this last night. I was watching a Seinfeld episode, uh, and it was the one where David Putty steals Seinfeld's sex move and uses it on <laughs> Elaine. And then he talks about, well, I changed the ending of it or whatever. And like everybody knew it was bullshit. You're using his move because he told you it. And now he's with Elaine. He's using it. So, uh, so yeah, dude, uh, you know, come on now, come on now, principles. Let's, let's stop it. I'm always like, admit it. It's the cover up, not the crime. If you just said, you know what? Yep. I fucked up. Like I, 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 this was so embarrassing and stupid. I just was under the gun and I did this. Everybody would, it wouldn't be news probably. I mean, maybe slightly, but people would have been like, oh, I feel bad for him a little bit now. Uh, Mm -hmm. but instead he made himself the villain. And he paid Ashton Kutcher with a check. (laughs) But again, why is Ashton Kutcher making this speech at the Teen Choice Awards? I still don't understand. (laughs) I don't know, Hillary. Uh, Maybe Ashton Kutcher is really, really a deep person. Yeah. He just plays (laughs) dum-dums. He's real cute, but no. He's on Shark Tank. He's he's a pretty pretty sharp guy, you know. He's on Shark Tank. yeah, he guests on Shark Tank. Oh. Like for, he'll go in for a week and uh, invest his money in whatever bullshit they're doing over there. Ah, but he's so, one of those. Yes. He's one of those Hollywood people that's always like opening restaurants yes. and yeah. so forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't convince me that it wouldn't be better if they just invested their money in the stock market. <laughs> Put it in a nice mutual yeah, but fund. I think you'll come out ahead in the end. It's just not entertaining, though, when it's not like Jimmy Kimmel on their uh pitching pants for horses you know <laughs> and you decide whether or not to invest in those that's true uh, i think i think they went with the more traditional pants just on the back legs rather than mm-hmm. like the uh the weird pants where the the belt goes over the <laughs> butthole because they're trying to you know that always looks weird okay uh speaking of backfiring uh, that joke and uh, well, that backfired is our segment here. When Luke starts doing accents, he encourages Andrew to put up a live Twitter poll mm-hmm. to ask if he should cut Luke's mic. Um, I have to admit, uh, I thought for a second because I was listening while I was working, of course, and I thought, oh, maybe I should jump over on Twitter and say something. And I was like, no. And the reason I didn't do it is because no matter what I did, it would be interpreted as me shitting on on tbtl so like us doing this show and their attitude towards us has pushed me further away yep from 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 engagement with the actual show and i think that's sad because you know i don't want to be i mean i say i i i do send a lot of supportive messages to the guys but you know public facing stuff i have to be really careful because i think it's going to be interpreted as oh there he goes Mm -hmm. you know yeah Doing that LRB, yeah, I don't know, made me sad. So I didn't go there. I didn't didn't make a comment. I'm sure it would have been a brilliant comment. <laughs> of uh, course, clearly. But uh, but I never got that far, you know. So at least I don't have the angst about you know sitting on some jerk store uh, <laughs> joke. Another Seinfeld reference. Uh, I gotta stop. I was just I was terribly charmed by how this poll was going. Uh huh. Was that people were overwhelmingly in favor of yes, cut Luke's mic? Yeah, 
But I knew once people actually heard them talking about it, they'd be like, oh, and that's exactly what happened is all these people trying to ego stroke Luke. I mean, I editorialized a little bit in my notes there about it, but um, (laughs) you should have let it stand, people. You should have let it stand at the 73% or whatever. (laughs) We're like, yeah, cut Luke's Also, he he was mock offended for for comedic effect. Right. You don't have to console someone who's pretending to be hurt. Yep, yep. (laughs) But he does. He Come does. He does sort of take it in a way, um, kind of like how he takes the Luke or Boo or whatever. Is oh, that? That's true. I think he Ugh. kind of can't take it a little bit. Like he, he sort of can play with it, but he, if people, if he thinks people are truly expressing like some sort of animosity towards him, and it says or like a fake funny animosity, he can't really take it, which is surprising because, you know, Luke is a funny guy and and smart but for some reason his ego is like but he wants everybody to like him and not fake not like him i think he really worries that other people won't get the joke yes yes i think that's that's where it comes from and that's what makes him anxious and i just think he's not giving people enough credit just because Susie burbank one time said why are they booing you that doesn't mean that nobody else gets it luke yeah Everybody yeah, else. She's knows not going to be in the top uh, percentile of people who get things, so <laughs> don't worry about her not not getting it. No, she exists on a different plane from the rest yeah. of us, and I mean that as a compliment <laughs> entirely. Oh, I wish I were there. I really, I really, yep. I really wish I were there. And also, <laughs> mom stuff has a way. Even if you're look like thinking about it, and it doesn't really make any sense, mom stuff has a way of like worming into your brain and making sense to you. But to nobody else, mm-hmm. or affecting you and nobody that. else. Agreed. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I don't. I didn't have a whole lot more to say about that, except for uh, it, it was an entertaining part of the show that I wish I could have participated in. Mm-hmm. But I did like that somebody like said something about the middle-aged mama's chin. It's like still rearing its ugly yes. head, and it yes. affects him so much. I'm like, yes. I think yes, yes. he he finally is at the point where he's starting to understand. Yes, that that was a really stupid, shitty thing to say. Yeah. He he dug his heels in it for on it for so sure. long. Yeah, of why it wasn't offensive and why he mm-hmm. was in the right. And it's it's not exactly the same thing, but it's how he's evolved on like saying gay, which I mean, like everybody's evolved on it. But it's like he kind of is like, okay, now I I get that this was a dick thing to say and it affects other people and it kind of hurt people's feelings i'm not saying that those are the same thing but Mm -hmm. but i think that he's made a similar you give him some time and maybe he'll evolve a little bit it's just one of those things where he's such a stubborn person yes and i am similarly stubborn so i have a lot of empathy for him in this that when everybody's hammering on you to say that you're wrong you're like nah i'm right give us a few quiet oh yeah it's like when someone corrects you on something minor, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, I can see that. Okay, sorry. I'll, let me fix that. And then someone corrects you on something that's just fucking obvious, and you're like, oh, no, this is the hill I'm dying on. What the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? Why Why do you got to talk about middle-aged mom types? Fuck that. Just let that one go. How yeah. is it serving you yep. in your life? Exactly. You know, how much comedy are you getting out of making fun of middle-aged momish types? Oh, goodness. Look, the ever-evolving Luke Burbank, Luke Christian mm-hmm. Burbank. We love him. 
He makes us crazy, but we love him. Um, okay, <clears throat> moving on to this week and Pink Ink. Um, somehow, I can't remember the exact trajectory of it, but somehow Andrew, a listener gave was given permission to send Andrew this voicemail from his friend that was like somebody getting really upset at this listener's friend. Is that correct? Am I? Yes. Am I right? Okay. Yes. The, the friend of Keith? Is yes. that the name of the I listener, think so. I think? I think so. So Keith's friend runs a bush trimming service. <laughs> I mean, that can go a couple of ways. Yes. Um, Not touching Mike, it. shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and got some bad feedback. And it was so good oh, that Keith was... thought Luke and Andrew will... This, this is in the TBTL wheelhouse. <laughs> it was actually really, really funny. And it's, you know, I we've all been like a frustrated person on the other end of whatever we perceive as bad customer service but this one he's just you I want to be like hang up you just need to hang up like you said your piece now hang mm-hmm. up and then he just keeps cycling back to your camera doesn't have a photographic memory and it's like that's actually it, that's the point of it actually mm-hmm. um but I wish I'd heard this voicemail but I, I don't have no no memory of this this that wasn't on Friday photographic memory. <laughs> no it's not on Friday I think I cut. I think I cut a couple shows off a little bit early this week. Like um, I was sliding down the dinosaur tail, and I wasn't taking TBTL with me. Um, I it, it's funny because he starts off the voicemail like, like, "Hey, what's up?" And then he just starts ramping himself up, like just keeps going, keep, and he can't drop it. He can't just say, "Call me back. We need to talk about this." Mm-hmm. Which actually would probably be the more effective. Like, hey, I have a couple of questions or I have a couple of issues. Can you call me back? Because when you're getting like yelling at somebody's voicemail, it just is going to be hilarious. Yeah. Chances of a quick response are, are diminishing. Slim like, oh, yeah. Down. Let me go. Let me carve out some time to talk to this maniac. I mean, this is clearly someone who has rehearsed what they want to say. Yes. Right? Yeah. He got the lines down. He <laughs> Then I'm going to zing him with this. And then I'm going to zing him with that. But the problem is when you actually do it in real life, it has way less impact mm-hmm. than in your head. Mm-hmm. And so people end up repeating themselves over and over. And mm-hmm. it just sounded so stupid. But then what really got me was that he he said, I can't have you back out to fix this because you really frightened my iguana. <laughs> and then you're like, ah, wow. oh, yes. Here we are. I don't understand. A lot, of, a lot of double entendres that could be made out of this story. <laughs> I just don't understand how a different landscaper would make less noise and frighten the iguana less. I assume it's the noise that right. frightened the iguana. Right. They're not going to use any gas-powered or electric-powered anything. It's just going to be guys with scissors. Yeah. <laughs> snip. Shh. Snip. the bonsai team takes like five (laughs) days and costs you ten thousand dollars but it's quiet as fuck oh man yeah that that it was pretty brutal i had this friend in college um and i had a group of friends girlfriends and then we had this one guy friend and for whatever reason the the guy broke off. He was mad at us about something. I honestly don't even remember why he was mad at us. And he called my friend Suzanne and he left a voicemail. And I think we've quoted it because the girls are all still friends. He called my friend Suzanne. I, we, we've quoted it for 20 years. And he said, hey, Suzanne. So it's like, 
starting off kind of calm. We're like, okay, where's this going to go? Mm-hmm. How's it going? I just wanted to call you that you're a stupid fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and I wish we had saved it because it was the best voicemail of all time. Because it just is this gradual, hey. like, <laughs> hey, hey, you stupid fucking bitch. Oh, my God. It was so good. Um, anyway, I, I love those kind of voicemails because it just is people are showing there. I mean, I know I feel bad. He was clearly upset, but you have it for, uh, in perpetuity. So yeah, well, you have to be very careful about your lawn care company when iguanas are involved. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, sure. I mean, yeah. when you have, when you have a iguana with PTSD, how do, you know, you, how uh, do iguanas show feelings? Is there like a way? Do they have mm. color change properties? I know iguanas <laughs> are they- chameleons, but I think they can change colors. I have no idea. It turns red when it's alarmed. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to our TBTL friendos, which does seem to be getting to be a semi-regular Friday segment. Yeah. yeah. Which I like. Let's get I some fresh, yeah, that'll be, fresh be voices, nothing but great. fresh thoughts. I like it very much. Uh, it's a win-win-winning phone call with friend of the show, longtime friend of the show, Win Rosenfeld. Um, longtime non-listener, first-time caller. <laughs> who now, as Luke says, he can stop task-rabbiting this person to pretend to be his assistant <laughs> that Luke has to go through. Um, and all beef is squashed because Win does really love them. But Hillary, you made a great observation. I said, ooh, I don't think Wynn's listened to the show in a little bit. Because, <laughs> well, first of all, he's like, remember drinking so much? Wasn't that yeah. awesome? And yeah, he clearly doesn't know that Luke is sober. No, he, oh, they haven't wow. talked in a bit. And it wasn't, it just, I, I, I was stressed because I kept thinking, is Luke going to say something? And I kind of knew he wouldn't because he didn't want to put his you know, friend on blast. But, uh, right. It was a little bit uncomfortable because you know that both Andrew and Luke separately were like doing that emoji where you're like, like that, you know, I'm in, like, I don't know what to say. Um, uh-huh. And do Luke, I bring this up? <laughs> Wynn was very charming, but a lot of the references he, it were like at least, you know, three years ago. But yeah. At, at he least. was, he was like, I really loved your road trip. And then I, I figured know. out he was talking about the hitchhiking trip, not the Australia trip. I know. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was he he definitely is not a regular listener. I mean, he's regular enough that he knows sort of the ins and outs of it. Uh, mm-hmm. And he was very game and he was really funny. He's clearly very charming and, you know, fun to hang out with. But uh, yeah, but he's not a regular listener. And it was a little bit it was a little bit awkward because he kind of thought I think he that was the thing. He sort of thought he sort of knew everything. But then it was clear, like things have changed. You need to read up a little bit. Yep. But, you know, they talked a little bit about his high-powered job. Mm-hmm. He is president of Monkey Paw yeah, Productions. Geez. So he's really, apart from Jordan Peele, it sounds like he's the big shot yeah. over there. That would be an interesting career path to follow to see how he got from NPR producer to president of a production company i know could they could could they go back could they do some comedy like was keanu one of their things because i like that and it didn't scare me too much <laughs> you know i don't know if was that monkey paw that was key and peel but i yeah. don't know yeah yeah i don't know that was when i first saw that uh that that actress who's now like 
blown way the fuck up. I can't even think of her name now because I'm having an Andrew moment. But she even does like <laughs> AT&T voiceovers. And she was insanely menacing in Keanu. I'll think of her name in a minute. Uh, I just awesome. I went to their uh their Twitter feed and it says the company behind Get Out, Key and Peel, Keanu, The Last OG, Lovecraft Country, Weird City, Black Klansman, Lorena, The Twilight Zone, and us. Oh, so cool. yes, they did. So yeah, they are they are all over it. Uh but I did love his I don't having lived in Los Angeles, not that I was involved really in the entertainment industry, but when he's talking about people sucking up to you that they're like, Oh, it's just genius. It's so amazing. I, I, I do, you know, I like a lot of TV shows and I like a lot of movies, but when people just constantly talk about how genius something is, I'm like, Oh, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> especially now in TV. I feel like there's so much TV and there's so much good TV, especially in comparison to, like TGIF on ABC in the nineties, but yeah. not everything is genius. Like some things are just, you don't good. have to put up with crap anymore. That's, no, that's, that's the difference. Yes, so there's so much sure. stuff you can sort through and you don't, unless you really want the crap, you don't have to deal with the crap. But yeah. Tiffany Haddish is the, Oh yes. Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. She was just God, she's insanely good. She's hysterical. Well, see, now this ass kissing is why you guys should come and live in the Midwest, because we have a way of telling you without hurting your feelings. I mean, Mm -hmm. if we say, oh, you got your hair cut. That's quite a change. (laughs) You know, that's an ugly ass haircut. (laughs) That reminds me of the, the, what are the commercials? Mike, you know, the one where she's like, oh, I like your tattoo. You don't want a job. You not work? (laughs) Oh, my god! It's a dig. You know, it's a it's like uh, compliments that are just a thousand little needles. Mm-hmm. Well, wasn't Luke talking about on how on Livewire, he's very careful not to give false praise. If he didn't like something, he'll be like, so I read the book and then go on from there. <laughs> yeah. He'll never be like, I love the book unless no. he really means it. Yep. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It sounds terrible. And then they were talking about Hillary. You've probably done this about driving in LA and finding yourself in the places that are described oh. in so oh. many songs. Like would he uh, reference the Sheryl Crow, all I want to mm-hmm. do and Santa Monica. Yeah, Santa Boulevard Monica Boulevard. And all oh. That. oh my gosh. When I moved to LA, well, first of all, I lived off of Olympic and really the movie that, that, well, I mean, it, because of my age probably, but the movie that most oriented me to everything in Los Angeles was Clueless because they talked about directions all the time. Like, oh, she's south of Olympic or like I'm blah, blah, blah. And I related to I it. I totally so much. paused. <laughs> well, yes, I, I say that a lot. Um, <laughs> everywhere I could go has valet. But I um, there's the only fallacy in that is that she said here. The dad is like everything takes 20 minutes in Los Angeles. That is false. That is not true mm. at all. Um, you have to be, you know, a mile away from something for it to take 20 minutes, but it's kind of like my, my theory of how almost every repair you need done costs $600. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. more or less yep. true, but, uh, yeah, 20 minutes oh. seems really, really low Jesus. for uh, Los Angeles, no. uh, because, um, I hate Los Angeles. I know as, you do. We know. Well, and the crazy thing is, is everything is it takes it's a big city you know it's like houston sort of or it's just a very large city so even just distance wise but you know Mm -hmm. it regularly we lived on the east side of los angeles in this place called los Feliz, and dave worked in west la which is not it's a made-up area but he um it took would regularly take him two hours to get home 
regularly no. is awful. No. Yeah, it was awful. Not Ugh. acceptable. I mean, I would be in bed, basically. I'm like, good night, I love you. So when we moved, I mean, I've, we moved to Austin, which has pretty terrible traffic, but nothing compares to that. Nothing compares Not to Not anymore. It. Uh, it's all good. I know, it's all good. <laughs> Unfortunately, Salt. Dave works in the Arboretum, so his life is still terrible, but... Uh. Um, which is way north of us for people that are not here. But um, but yeah. Los Getting Ange- there, no problem. Coming home. Yeah, it's a nightmare. Big problem. Um, but it is but it is no joke. I mean, the traffic in Los Angeles, I, I worked really close to our house, so it was not a big deal. But on the weekends, you can't go anywhere. Saturdays. You can't go you anywhere. Can't. Saturday is yeah. impassable everywhere. You get out early on a Sunday morning, kind of yeah. do whatever you yeah. want. But other than that, you're fucked anytime any and i was like human ways there like i knew how to get around i knew all the back (laughs) ways i knew like the roads to take and when not to take them i would never i remember day one of our biggest fights was about santa monica boulevard because while i love my husband i think he would admit that he does not have a great sense of direction and i have a impeccable sense of direction and he told me once that he took santa monica boulevard to get to santa monica and i was like about to like i'm like what are you doing what is wrong with you how would you make that decision he was like it goes that way that's why it's called that and i'm like that is the worst way you could get there oh Um, god I'm a dream to be married to. But um, anyway, so, but but regardless of all the, you know, multitude of taking Fountain or taking Mulholland Drive or whatever, it's still just, it's, it's, it's a nightmare. There's too many people that live there. Anyway, that's my treatise. (laughs) I mean, once Armageddon comes, that problem will sort itself out and then we can move to L.A. Yep. Dave thought there was only one direction when you knew there were many more directions. (laughs) She has the porn to prove it. Yeah. There are lots of ways to, to skin this cat. Nice callback. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, final thoughts. I wrote down one that came from Monday, I think, that really tickled me. Um, we didn't cover some of the fallout from Luke's uh, CBS story about surprise weddings. They got uh, an email from listener Garrett who said his brother had a surprise wedding and it really sort of caused a lot of angst in their family. So now that Garrett is getting married, he and his fiance are, are taking care of, you know, plan everything, invite everybody and kind of have to make up for the brother's surprise wedding. And I just, I thought it was really funny when Andrew was like, well, I don't understand, Garrett, why didn't I get my invitation to your wedding? Luke, did you get one? And without missing a beat, Luke's like, yeah, I got one. And it was really weird because the invitation specifically said, don't tell Andrew. I just thought it was the funniest exchange, how they riffed for a long time about how Andrew wasn't invited to Garrett's wedding. It is funny. It is funny. They, they can be funny, guys. Listen, mm-hmm. we gave them a hard time, but they can be funny. And I enjoy mm-hmm. Sometimes when they're riffing off of each other. I think Andrew is sometimes stealth funny because he's a person who has so much like angst and kind of grumpiness. Yeah, like he's a grumpy forward personality, especially on TVTL, <laughs> which is confessional. That sometimes I forget that he's funny and he'll come out with something every once in a while. And Luke Luke's genius is just being able to completely roll with any of that yes yeah. and i appreciate it yeah they're very quick on on doing that i agree mm-hmm. it was it was funny did y'all watch that piece that uh no surprise wedding uh-uh. 
Oh, you you should. I I watched it. Um, and that couple, the elderly couple in the parking lot. Yeah, he described he described that vibe perfectly, even though he didn't get the vibe. Yeah. At the time. Yeah. Um, but I can see. I mean, people can do whatever they want. Surprise wedding. I mean, I would probably be cool. I don't have to now go to the wedding. <laughs> but if if you're like the, the the parents, especially the mom, the moms in involved um, that are actually not involved, I you know maybe they are nightmares. Maybe whatever. But to have them show up for something they thought was going to be like semi-formal or yeah. business casual or whatever. And then, you know, you know, your son or your daughter is serious about this person. So you've probably already given some thought as to what you're going to wear to the wedding. And I, I say, do what you're going to do, but be prepared for people in your family to be like, well, this is not for me. So plus the, the groom was short. So <laughs> all bets. Were oh off. my God. I just think that if there's one day in your life where you ought to be able to have things the way that you want it and nobody mm -hmm. else gets any input, yeah. it ought to be your wedding, surprise or not. Yeah. I, I think yeah. when I was younger once and randomly talking to my mom, like fired up in a feminist way about weddings, I said something about if and when I got married, you better believe I could walk my own damn self down the aisle and I would not want my father to walk me down the aisle. Mm -hmm. And she was horrified and she was like, but you have to think of your father's feelings. And I'm like, no, I don't. It's no. my wedding. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's the way that I feel is that there's. But you weird... have to be prepared, though, Anne, for, for your father, you know, being like, oh, this sucks. I hate everybody and leaving and driving off five minutes into the party yeah I'm, I'm cool with all of it i'm cool with everything but just as long as you're cool with it i'm cool with it. you know what i mean mm -hmm. i don't know you're cool i'm cool we're all cool i have no <laughs> idea how my if dad I'm, feels about I, it yeah. right right if he's mad maybe that's a bonus <laughs> you know? if he's if your family is so involved in your yeah. wedding that it has to be a group planned activity then mm -hmm. it's your own fault for I, allowing I them to have too many expectations i kind of felt bad for the woman because you know maybe she'd given it a lot of thought and really wanted to you know i mean not run the wedding but at least be prepared mentally prepared for her son sure. to be getting yeah. married you know even if they had to walk out for a legitimate reason like dude's uh, colonoscopy or whatever it, now you've created a situation where your mom and your dad had to walk out of your wedding right and that's that's yeah. not you know you want them to see your wedding yeah so le legit excuse or not either way you know there's feelings there and you know they need to be respected but you know obviously it's your it's your day so if you're if you're cool with with your mom being pissed off at you when you go off to St. Lucia or wherever you're going <laughs> that's that's fine I wouldn't be but you might be I think there's such a mythology in this country that we've created around weddings in general that I somehow don't understand and can't buy into that. I'm just like, well, they need to get over it. Yeah. But I mm -hmm. could understand that, you know, your mom, if she's been building, especially if say she had a daughter and she was building up this occasion in her, in her mind for years, maybe she would be upset. I mean, my mother has not been building towards my wedding at all. I think at this point she'd be like super thrilled if I just found anybody to take me. She'd be like, do whatever. <laughs> it's fine. 
fine. You know, <laughs> when I was when I was out, you know, like in my twenties and sort of gearing up to get married, I was very well, I was not a good planner. My mom basically planned everything because I'm not good at that kind of stuff. But I was very kind of consumed with all of the details and all of the whatever. And now the older I get and the more far away from it, I'm like, it's so such a charade and it's sort of silly. And a part of me was like, we should have just like gone and eloped and maybe thrown a party or whatever, you know, just done something sort of simple like that. I think I would liked to go to a surprise wedding because I would have been like oh fun like I can't believe I'm here for this this is so exciting but um I, I can't- you'd want to be in on it face it Hillary you would be the only one who would like <laughs> get that information and, you'd be the only well, and one I would be like it. I can't tell anybody I can't tell anybody but I want to so oh, badly um right. but I I don't know I try to think of, like if Bridget got married or Rory got married secretly I think I would be I would probably actually I, because it's my personality I would be relieved that I wouldn't have to be involved in the planning of it I'd be like okay great fine mm-hmm. it's done but you know some people hold this stuff so much stronger than I do and I guess there's some religious aspects to it that people are uh, you know they get really involved in that it's a sacrament I guess but well I was so considerate of my family's feelings that I've had two weddings um, with very few family members. I think I had one blood relative at one of my weddings, uh, and they and together they were less than a hundred dollars. So eighty six dollars, twenty six at the Alachua County Courthouse in Gainesville, Florida, and then sixty dollars in Seattle. And uh, Luke Burbank officiated at uh, Columbia. <laughs> I Club. love it. I love it. I mean, that sounds good to me. Same. Lonely Forest played for free hey. at my wedding. Mm-hmm. And they're broken up now, aren't they? Are they broken up? Yeah. Yeah, so listen. Yep. Once in a lifetime chance. Yeah. Vintage. Nobody else can yeah. say that the Lonely Forest played at their wedding anymore. Yep. I don't think so. I want to do, I think we should do weddings like they do in India, where like the groom rides in on an elephant and Absolutely. they last three days. Absolutely. That sounds amazing. A surprise elephant <laughs> wedding. <laughs> That's really hard to pull off. It is. People pull into the parking lot and they're like, um, the elephant. Um, it's the elephant in the parking lot. That's the big question. That's why you have to keep the elephant behind the building. <laughs> What's that? Another, Don't worry about it. Turn up turn up the tunes. Kimosabe. Jump on it. Jump on it. Uh, I still think I hear the elephant. All right, what's our must-listen show? I know what Mike's well, must-listen show is. Definitely going to be Friday you because I'm going to listen to that as soon as we're done recording. <laughs> <laughs> I think I owe it to the show. I think I owe it to our legacy to have listened. Well, I agree. I always think if there's a you know a Friday friendo, I'm always in favor of it because I think that they do they do a good job with them. When Phyllis is the Friday friendo, does it go PH? Do they go PH Absolutely. on it? Absolutely, of course. I, I think okay. that I don't disagree necessarily with Friday, but I might throw Monday and the rat story yes. into the mix because oh, yes. that was pretty Ooh. good. Ugh. Yeah, of the of the ones I did listen to, <laughs> I would say that's the one Ugh. that that, uh, that you should listen to. Yeah, brutal. Okay, I'm going to move on. Buy stuff from us. The merch is at littleredbandwagon.com. Um, our you know our our uh, picnics coming up, so buy those t-shirts. You mm-hmm. can don them. Um, to the picnic. Oh yeah, don't come to the picnic without some gear. Yeah, don't even bother. Not. I'm throwing your ass out. I'm in, <laughs> even if it's a coffee ejected. cup, even if it's a mug, it's fine. 
I know, because we don't have the gear. It gets generated when you order it. So it's not like we have a merch table that we can make you buy something before you go in. Maybe we should. So you're going to need to get on that shit now. Get your gear. Um, I would suggest some light summery stuff because it's going to be warm. Can we sell headbands? I would like a nice 80s style headband. Yes, I don't look good in t-shirts. So I am totally uh, in favor of that. Okay, maybe some wrist bands yeah. that you could wear. Yeah, I like it. We should have lanyards for the picnic. If you buy some merch, you get a lanyard, and it gives you all access to all the entire constellation of TVTL hosts. Otherwise, you know, because we're, like, cordoned off. So, wait, mm-hmm. but what is how, what is the, like, pyramids? Like, well, who is on top? Like, who's the, like, lowest yeah, level? Yeah, what are the levels? Ugh, I'm the newest. I'll be the bottom. It's fine. <laughs> Seniority, baby. <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay. How does that go? How does that go? Uh, uh, Christy, probably Christy. You. Oh, is Jeremy in there? Oh shit! Do yeah. we count him? Mm. Who wants to meet Jeremy? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> we love you, Jeremy. Nobody. So Christy, then me, then Bobby, then mm-hmm. Anne. No, Meredith, Meredith was first. Hillary. Yeah, Meredith was before you. Yep. Yep. Oh, okay. Um, not by much, though, right? Because um, I was, yeah. I was falling apart. We had the brain cancers. I was losing <laughs> legs at rapid Left rate. I mean, right. we were recruiting pretty heavily there for a moment. <laughs> by we, I mean me. Maybe people, maybe your lanyard gets you access to three hosts, and you have to sign up for it in advance, so oh, it's they can be like choose. a popularity contest. Oh. Anne's going to run away I, I with it. I always win those. No, Anne's going to run away with it. Doubtful. Uh, no. Never won a popularity contest <laughs> in my life. You will this I'm delightful. I don't know how I could lose something like that. <laughs> okay. Well, let's continue with the archive project. It's, it is. Maybe we'll do a pitch for that at the picnic. Jeez Louise. We need to get back on that because they yep. just keep churning them out. Buy stuff from Amazon. You could buy After by Anna Todd, <laughs> my new favorite book, at littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon. <laughs> it's not good, guys. It's not good. There are a couple of hot sex scenes, but it's really not that good. Um, and <laughs> the earbud and earworms, earbuds and earworms, I think only by context. I think it's like guilty pleasures, maybe, or something along those lines. Not show tunes. No, because there are show. Show tunes are a part of it, but because I kept giving her show tune oh, recommendations okay, okay. and she was yeah. kind of saying, no, it's like they are under the radar to stuff. show tunes, isn't it? No, no, no. I, guilty no, 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 not just show tunes in general. It was more just like underrated things or, okay. uh, you know, things that you like that nobody else likes. And she Angel was, City. So I think she was exactly. saying. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think Angel City's probably <laughs> not underrated. They're probably rated just about right. Properly rated well, in in that when you do a search, it, it barely comes up. Mm-hmm. I'm like tenth choice, <laughs> but Properly. there but there are uh, I think show tunes will will be involved in it to some degree. So take a listen. Okay. Excellent. And if you would like to get involved with this show, and we invite you to do so, you can visit our website at littleredbandwagon.com. You can send us your feedback at throwyourphone.com, both positive and negative. You can catch us on Facebook at our Facebook page. The show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. Or you can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. 
we encourage you to send us a voice memo. Just record it on your phone and send it to us. It's easy in that way. If you listen back to it and you're like, oh, that was embarrassing, you can delete it and do it yep. again until you yep. get something that you like. Or you can fax us butts of any type at <laughs> 617-354-8513. And with that, Hillary, get us out of here. Until next time, this is the next party. I love you, Jen. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs>